Well, hello and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Main Point. It is Monday, July 18th, 2022, and we are here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church. I am Jonathan Hendrickson, Associate Pastor here at Rose of Sharon. I'm here with my two uh, brother pastors. I got Jeremiah Custer on my left. He's our youth pastor, and Jeff McCarthy on my right. He's our senior pastor. Blake isn't here. He's actually uh, away with kids camp, so he's... uh, with a bunch of kids doing camp. That should be a lot of fun. <laughs> we will miss Blake today uh, for the discussion. Uh, but here on Monday Main Point, we like to go back and look at the message that we heard on Sunday. Uh, take a little bit deeper dive into it. Maybe look at ways we can practically apply that message to our lives. And uh, this one's a good one to do that with, fellas. Uh, we were talking about uh, the burden of violence. The burden of violence was the, uh, the sermon title you used, Jeff. And uh, the text comes from uh, largely Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4, and 2, 2 through 4. Um, and we'll look at those verses in turn. Um, but I, I know um, this, uh, this came about, and you were talking about this yesterday, as you were sort of reflecting, uh, having some personal reflection on just um, the wide variety of violence and the prevalence of violence that we see, and I, and I know I, I know violence has been around since the dawn of time, right? I mean, we we understand and know that. And you go right after the fall, and you you've got you know uh, Cain killing his brother Abel, with, you know, and and so it, it, this isn't anything new, and maybe there have been even more violent times than what we're seeing now. But I think what happens is, especially for us, is uh, we have a um, a larger scope of the violence now because of our interconnectedness. We're globally connected, and so because we're globally connected, we see a whole lot more than maybe what we saw. Really, I mean, even like twenty years ago, or even was aware of. Yeah, we. we I mean, th- th- that's the thing, right? Um, with with the way that social media has connected us to the rest of the world, events that might have happened in you know other parts of even our own country might have flown under the radar, but they don't fly under the radar now. I mean, the moment that it happens, we're all aware of it. We all hear about it, and uh, and and then everybody's got an opinion on it too. So, um, <clears throat> so I think what it's done more than anything, it's not that. I don't think we're seeing an increase in violence per se as much as we're more aware, like you said, of the violence that's always been there. <clears throat> and it just seems to be so prevalent. I mean, it's, um, there, there's no escaping it, I guess. And so in a world that is so full of violence, there's um, everybody's looking for answers. And, 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 and that's true even outside of Christians. Christians are looking for answers for sure. But I think every human being that, that, that sees these things happen, sees these, sees these atrocities, and we look at it and go, what can we do? What can be done? And I really like what you said. I actually, I kind of, there's a part of me that, uh, as you were talking about the, the, for us locally here in Durham, um, the, 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 the mayor's response to that question, which was great. Um, I was like, man, I wish I could have, if there was a video clip of that, that would have been awesome to have played. I would like to have actually heard that question and heard her response. But the fact that what the, the, the person they were asking, were they asking about violence here in Durham? Yeah, right? if it was back in April, you know, we had like, there was a, a spat of, of shootings that we had, two mm-hmm. or three shootings in a row and something like that. And uh, it had been building. 
uh, and actually there is a clip, but but her answer, I can't do anything about that. You know, I'm not God. Then she goes into this, I'm going to do, well, she went to her whole spiel about the oh. ills of society and it's because okay. of all this other stuff. So it was kind of all added on there. Oh, okay. But the main clip, uh, which expressed frustration and feelings and the whole idea of if I was God, mm-hmm. you know, I could do something about it. Right. So then makes the question is, well, why don't God do something about it? Right, so, right. So that was a real key um, uh, quote to kind of help set the, the the whole question like Habakkuk was having too. Like, you know, how long are you going to allow this to happen? And why do you keep letting me see all this? Right. You know, when are you going to step in and do something? Yeah. And um, so that's kind of the frustration that we have. And um, so when all this violence was going on, I mean... Of course, I looked up the word violence because I'm like, okay, let me just see what the God's Word says about it. And, of course, the first mention is Genesis, and we talked about that, and we'll see that later. But the same word then was used as I was looking at other verses. I'm like, okay, well, I I know that. But, you know, the whole how do you feel about it kind of thing. And that that then brought me to that passage in Habakkuk. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that, that really basically says it really. It and does. so once I started looking into it and everybody I read said, hey, this could be written today. And like, it could be. And so that, that prompted me to kind of like examine it, but then not just leave it there, but then, okay, well, what's the solution? What, what would be the answer? And that pushed me into chapter two. Well, way back when, um, when we did our uh, sermon series here um, on the Echoes from Exile, mm-hmm. if you recall, I, I'd come into your office and I, I just read Habakkuk and I said, man, I just read Habakkuk, and this fits so well with our situation right now. Mm-hmm. Like these minor prophets probably have messages that we need to pay attention to because the kinds of things they were dealing with at the time that they were dealing are the same sorts of things that we're dealing with now. And man, it's just so relevant to where we are. And I would like to hear what the these minor prophets have to say mm-hmm. to us. And then we kind of build a sermon series around yes. minor prophets, and we talked about Habakkuk back then. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. Just reading what Habakkuk says, I mean, just listen to this. Is it the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, which I think is, you know, it's like, it starts off, and he, he's like, this is a burden for me. Yeah. Like, this is this is what I'm burdened with. This is, and, I, and the burden is a visual burden, right? It's something that he saw. And he says, oh, Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence. And you will not save. You're not doing anything. How long is this going to go on? I'm, and 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 notice this isn't um, this isn't a one-time thing. He's not just said this one time to God. He's apparently come to God multiple times and said, "God, do something. God, do something. Why are you doing something? There's violence. Do something." And then he says, "Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises." Therefore, the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. So the situation at the time that Habakkuk is writing this, it sounds like wickedness is prevalent. This is in Judah, right? This is not Israel. Um, uh, A lot of the minor prophets deal with Assyria coming into Israel. This is God's judgment on Judah that we're going to hear about now. This is Judah, and so uh, apparently wickedness is prevalent. Um, 
the 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 law he feels is powerless to do anything there's no justice sounds like the the political the, the the political things that are going on are corrupt um, like all the leaders are corrupt jeremiah the 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 processes are corrupt um, he feels like uh, you know everybody's arguing and quarreling and fighting and there's violence and how long are you going to let this go on god um, and, and I think that there's people today who look at the great amount of evil in the world, right, and go, and, and, and they use this as evidence against God. They say, well, clearly there's not a God. If there was a God, like the mayor said, if there was a God, he would do something about this, right? Like, he would clearly do something about this. This is bad. Like, when you see some guy who just waltz into an elementary school and kill a bunch of kids, and, and nobody does anything? Like, well, God couldn't stop that? God couldn't stop those bullets, man? Or like, you know, this shooting that happened up in Highland Park on a parade. It's like a happy day and, and people are getting shot at a parade. Like, God couldn't stop that? Why isn't God doing something to stop this stuff? And I think that's what everybody wants. Everybody says, like, I want justice. I want peace. I want righteousness to prevail. I want this other stuff to stop. What do we say to people when they're when they're saying that kind of thing? Uh, so to not get, put the cart before the horse, uh, the first thing I would say is that these questions are legitimate, and I think they're welcomed in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good example as to why uh, it's welcomed in Scripture. And so I want to encourage you to ask these tough questions. Maybe not ask. What I told a life group yesterday, maybe not uh, ask as accusing or, or um, I don't know what word I used, but uh, maybe, maybe not like accusing Accusatory God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but just ask like inquisitive, like God. Um, and I think there's a difference of, of whether you're asking in faith or yeah. whether you're asking in, in doubt or maybe doubt's not the best word, but in uh, accusation. Um, and I'll be clear here. I think Habakkuk is asking in faith. I do, th- I do yeah. too. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't him accusing God of doing something. He believes God can do something. He believes God will do something. He just doesn't understand why God isn't doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so those questions, I welcome those questions and... The main reason I welcome the questions is because I think that the answers are important for our faith. In fact, I think that the the, the answer to the problem of evil, um, we have a very good answer for that, but also it strengthens our faith. It for for some, I think they think that it, it limits our faith or it puts like a stain on our faith mm-hmm. and, and makes it smaller. But the answers for these types of very tough questions, I don't think they come quickly. But once you arrive at an answer, I think your 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 faith is strengthened. Your faith in God is strengthened, and and you end up seeing things from God's perspective rather than seeing things from our reactionary, very small uh, perspective. Do you think that 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 perhaps sometimes our our tendency to to um, to to be accusatory or to or to think that God isn't it comes from a incorrect view of God. Like, so we have this notion of God as this, as, as, as this thing here, but really mm. he's not that at all. 
And if we got our, our vision of God or our, our idea of God correct, that it would help us to better understand these, these more difficult questions? Yeah, so I'll just go into it as deep as we can go. But um, here's what I think. I think there's two problems. Our view of God is wrong and our view of man is wrong. Mm. I think, so we, we begin to accuse God. So, so basically, we believe God is sovereign. I'll just, I'll just go through this whole thing. We believe God is sovereign, right? And we believe He's all-powerful. So when so, you say sovereign, what do you mean? I that? mean that He's in complete control. That's how I would in- interpret the word sovereign, that He's in complete control and that He's all-powerful. So if He's in complete control and He's all-powerful and we see evil in the world, that means that at minimum that He is allowing the evil to happen. Does at, that make Him minimum. culpable for the evil then? I don't think it makes him responsible for okay. the evil. No. So he's not culpable, responsible for the evil, but he's allowing it to happen. So then the question comes, if this is all true, what I've said so far, if that's all true, the question comes, just like Habakkuk is questioning, why? Why are you allowing this to happen? Because mm-hmm. I believe you're there. I believe you exist, and I believe you're powerful enough to stop this, and I believe you're benevolent enough to stop this, and I believe you're sovereign enough to stop this. So why why are you allowing this to happen? And I think the answer to that question falls more in line with what we believe about man. Because, and I'm, I'm super glad Jeff brought up Genesis 6. I'm super glad he brought up the flood. And because... Yeah, I am too. Because the flood is what we think should happen, Mm -hmm. right? We think that all all evil should just be wiped. God, wipe out the evil. We want righteousness to prevail. We want justice to prevail. So wipe it out. But then when we when we read the flood, we're like, oh, that was probably too far. (laughs) You probably did too much. And it's because we don't understand. Man, in general, we don't understand the spread of evil. We, we, we don't. We don't understand ourselves. We don't see ourselves as evil, right? Because if you're gonna cry out, God, wipe out. Why, why are you standing idly by and destroy? Why are you not destroying, taking out all this evil? Because you're assuming you're not. That you're not that yeah, person. I, I would be afraid to ask God to wipe out all evil because I, I'm gonna wipe myself out too, right? Yeah, and so, but our culture. And I think even shallow Christian, and I'm not trying to make fun of any any Christian, but I think newer people in the faith, they see themselves in 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 better light than they are. And if you do that, you think I want you to wipe out all that evil, but God, but but I'm safe because I'm not in that camp. Right, because I'm not going into elementary schools and killing kids. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine. So like we hear the story of the flood, and I'm so glad you brought it up because our immediate reaction almost always is like, all right, now that was too much. All right, we don't want that. Don't, don't restart like that because I know I'm not going to make the top six. Right. Like, or, uh, <laughs> was it, or is it seven, eight? All, him, I, all I know is I'm taking my hat. Look, yeah, I'm taking my ashtray. And I'm taking my ashtray with me on the ark. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's eight. It's yeah. eight. Because yeah. it's Shim, Ham, Japheth, Noah, and, mm-hmm. and their and wives. wives. And yeah. I don't know. They, they may have kids, but we don't know if they have kids. Or not, yeah. so. so it's at least an eight. So that, and I know I'm not in the top eight. Like, um, so, like, 
that's why because we breed you brought up uh, the first time violence is mentioned and I would argue that Noah's time was worse than ours mm-hmm. um, maybe it's the same I think it's the same it might be the same but it can't be now it can't be worse right no I think it's I either think the same the, or I less. think that's the point I was trying to make is it's the same thing yeah it's pretty they much were, the same yeah it's it's because it was like their intents and thoughts were always constantly evil and so we are oh, we're in a position where we can actually take our thoughts and intentions and actually put them out there for everybody to read and well see i mean the way paul the, you brought up romans one right and the way yeah. paul describes um the culture of that time in a sense very much like the culture of noah and noah and so that's the point is right. it's always going to be there right so so, and I, that's why I couched that first one is that it, we, it makes us feel like God doesn't answer because this is like a, a lament. It's like right. a, an emotional thing. He's crying out. He's he's in anguish about it. It's like you're feeling like God, like this God that's in control is not really listening. He's not really in control. Right, right. And it's happening. But mm-hmm. but it's always been that way. We just, we just happen to have better weapons. Mm-hmm. Back then, they were chopping heads off and stabbing people and slicing people up and stoning people and mm-hmm. burning people in fire, you know. But it was still evil. And right. when they fought, they fought wars and all. It was very terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, David had a man killed. You know, and he had several people killed. I mean, right. The, and the whole thing of warfare was you wipe out your enemies and then you enslave whoever's left and stuff like that. <clears> so. So yes, uh, it's basically the same. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's evil. It's violence. It's what people do if you don't have God in your life helping you to live a righteous life mm-hmm. and living it by faith. And I, I know you were about. Uh, uh, I want to go back to what you were saying a moment ago because you said I'm not going to make that top eight. So I know that I'm not going to be in that. So. Um, you know, does that does that mean um, what? What else do we glean from that from that story? Because I know you were about to say something else about that. Well, yeah, and so that goes. So, like I said, we have the wrong view of God, mm-hmm. which drive which is driven kind of by a wrong view of man. Well, because of the wrong view of man, we get an, an even more tainted view of God. Mm-hmm. But the real view of God. When you read scripture and he reveals it himself, is that he is not reactionary like we would be reactionary to evil, which is a good thing. He is very patient and he waits and he's not he doesn't get angry fast. So like when 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 injustice is done to me, I am very impatient and I get angry extremely fast, like like at the drop of a of a a pen or a hat Mm -hmm. and 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 I, I get reactionary. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't react like that. He, he is slow to take care of the problem. Mm-hmm. But we have to trust that God is taking care of the problem. Or now, because we're looking back on the situation, we have to trust that God has taken care of the problem mm-hmm. and, and will take care of the problem. Yeah. I want to I touch on, because, because this first point that you brought up that makes us feel like God doesn't hear our prayers Something Jeremiah brought up <clears> that <throat> came up in our life group yesterday, Jeff, as we were talking about the message. We were doing like sermon-based small group in here. Mm-hmm. One of the things that got brought up, and I thought was really good, is that um, 
our idea of patience and God's idea of patience are very different. Oh, yeah. Because and, and often God is taking care of problems, but we may not even see the result of that even in our own lifetime. Because that's what happens here, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we see we see with Habakkuk here, Habakkuk's gonna make this cry, and then God's gonna basically what's funny <laughs> in the middle of the message, Autumn sends me a text. And she says, Hey, this might be a question for later. She said, but I'm reading down below where he's at right now. And I'm reading into verse six. Why is God bringing up this vicious group of people in answer to Habakkuk's thing? Like, mm-hmm. am I missing something here? And I'm like, no, no, you're not missing yeah. anything. And I just kind of alluded to it because <laughs> I, no. I went to the last point. I said, you're that. not missing anything. Yeah. He's basically telling Habakkuk, yeah, uh, it's going to get worse before it gets <laughs> better. Judah's I'm, bad. Uh, yeah. I want to send the worst people in the world to yeah, come. I'm sending you. Babylon your way, by the yeah. way. And, uh, it's, it, and I'm about to enact judgment on Judah. And so uh, <laughs> so she was like, am I? She goes, oh, okay, gotcha. And, uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, God's... Habakkuk goes, how long, God? And God says, well, a little while longer because I'm yeah. about to bring more violence. <laughs> and then he, he doesn't give up, and he says, God, how long again? Because he doesn't like that answer that he got. Right. And that's when God says, you know, I'm, I'm, this, I, I, this is a vision for a later time, right? Um, but that the righteous will live by faith. And, and so he's clearly saying, I am going to take care of things. You just have to believe me and trust me. And may and Habakkuk, and, and we know that in Habakkuk's day, he didn't see that Habakkuk would have seen Babylon come in and raise Judah. I yeah, mean, and that's you know, what I was upset about. It's like you're sending these people. Yeah. They're more violent and worse than we are. Because remember the whole thing of Judah was they were like, Well, Israel, they're terrible. They get what they deserve. You've brought it on them. So Josiah has this great revival. Mm-hmm. He dies. Because he's, you know, he he cuts a deal with Egypt, I think, and they have like they have a, right. a battle with Assyria, and uh, and he gets killed in that battle. Yep. And so his next son becomes like a vassal king, mm-hmm. and then the next son is the son I talked about and described how the rabbis. Right. <laughs> when we get to the point about the government's powerless, but uh, but yeah, so so yeah, so Judah basically gets is just as bad as Israel. Right. And their kings are just as bad. Yep. And now uh, this ferocious, power-hungry people called the Babylonians who swallow even Egypt up. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, they, they become the group. But at the same time, because they went into exile and all the people, remnant was saved. And as a result, you know, we, we fast forward to Jesus, the Roman government, same thing. Um, you know, the, the way is made now for the Gentiles. Yeah. And so that, that <clears throat> whole... We're jumping ahead, but that whole verse about that is reinterpreted through Paul and the writer of Hebrews to say, okay, here's the context of this is what what's going on now. Right, right. So, no, I, I, the the thing that I, I think about with this, the idea that the violence makes us feel like God doesn't hear our prayers. I think sometimes we feel like God doesn't hear our prayers because we have eternity blinders on when right. we pray. And so we want the short term. We yeah yeah. And if God isn't fixing, if God isn't fixing my situation right now, then He's not listening to me. 
And, and that's just not true. Um, and, and, and it's because I have eternity blinders on. And I, it, it's, 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 again, it's going back to that example that Platt uses, right? That, that we're so laser focused on the here and now. Because mm-hmm. I, this is my life. This is where I live. And so I want God to fix this. And God says, yeah, but this is, justice will happen in this. But you got to think of, there's all yeah. of this other, this all Yeah, I've got to say all these other people. i got to say these Babylonians. Well, there's too. an entire eternity that we're talking about here. And so when we pray, I'm not saying that God doesn't care about your immediate situation. I don't want you to think that. But sometimes, um, there are many times, Jeremiah, in Scripture, where people prayed prayers, and God did answer their prayers, but not in either the way they thought or the timing that they thought. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's key to this. I think that, that one of the reasons why sometimes we feel like God doesn't hear our prayers is because He doesn't act immediately. We are a culture that's a microwave culture, and we... If things don't happen right now, then that means that that nobody heard me, yeah. right? Uh, you know, if I if I if I have a complaint with someone, like a business or something, and I write an email right now at eleven twenty six a.m. and I fire off that email to that business, and I'm like, you know, hey, I have a complaint here. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Um, I, I was just I just traveled. Um, and I left. I left something in a in the rental car. I left some sunglasses in my in the rental car, and I realized it too late. And they told me, okay, well, you just need to go online and you file a file a, a lost and found thing, and 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 they'll they'll process that, and if they they you know they'll send those back to you. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So I did this on July 1st, right? July 1st, I'm, I'm like, fire off my little my, my thing. I'm like, hey, this is what happened, and. I've yet to hear. I don't have an email from them yet. And every day I go and I check to see if I got an email. Every day I go and I check to see if there's been an update on it. And there's nothing. And so I'm looking at it going, well, they clearly aren't listening to me. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be that they've got lots and lots of... But I, but for me, I want I want to know, hey, did you even, did you even check? Did you even look? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think we do God that way. Oh, yeah. We're like, God, uh, this is my problem right now. It's 11.26 a.m. I'm going to pray about this, and I expect an answer at least within the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Right? And, and I think that's... That, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. At least acknowledge you got the email. Yeah. At least acknowledge that you got my prayer, God. Yeah. <laughs> give me yeah. give me some... Can you, can you pray me back? <laughs> well, it's like... Um, yeah, and, and it just goes back to that, that that God's patience and our patience mm. and God's timing and our timing is just not even close to the same level. Yeah. And 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 to, to the examples in scripture like so Hebrews chapter 11 is filled with the ones God calls faithful, mm-hmm. which is going to be important for later. The ones God calls faithful but never ever got to see to come to fruition the things that God even promised them. Mm-hmm. They weren't even things God that they asked for, mm-hmm. but things God promised them, say, you're going to see this, um, this is going to happen, but they didn't see it in their lifetime. Right. And so for like, like Abraham, Abraham was promised that his, his descendants would be more than the sand of the sea. Mm-hmm. Doesn't see it. Right. Uh, David was promised that, that one of his sons would sit on the throne Strong forever. forever doesn't see it right right like 
there's the, the promise after promise in in well, you just look at Hebrews 11 for some examples right uh, of of these people still having faith knowing that they're not going to get to see God's whole plan come to fruition mm-hmm. um and uh just the whole eternity thing is so important just trying to have a mind of eternity because mm-hmm. um, we we make we make two faults here like the the one fault we've already been talking about we don't realize that God's going to take care of this in his own timing and that there's eternity to 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 do that mm-hmm. but then when we think about when God does enact his judgment he enacts it for eternity mm-hmm. so they're paying the penalty that we all cried for for eternity but then we say no that's not god that was too much right so now i like we're saying we're saying he's doing too little we're saying he's doing too much and we we're just that's the whole accusative nature of mm-hmm. hey god if i was god i don't think i would do it like that yep and yep. we do it over and over and over um and and I think that's why I think that's why there's this conversation back and forth with Habakkuk, and I like to I like to kind of say it like this: Habakkuk has a legit issue. I think it's legit. Calls to God, God answers him, uh, and he is he's like he does not like God's answer at right. all. He's like, oh no no no, God, that's not that's not <laughs> what I meant. And so God responds to that, mm-hmm. and it's just this back and forth of, oh, you are working. But you're doing it the way I, I wouldn't have done it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I love I love verse five. I I can't get enough of of God's first answer uh, to to Habakkuk. So Habakkuk one five says, "Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded." So basically, he's like, "Look, dude, I am doing stuff. Mm-hmm. If you'll just open your eyes, figure it out." But then he says. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe even if I told you. Mm-hmm. She's like, I am working even in your days right now, and you wouldn't believe it even if I told you. Right. And I honestly think that verse 5 is not just talking about that specific situation, yeah, yeah. but I think it's pointing to Jesus. Oh, yeah. I think so. Like, bro, if I yeah. can unfold the whole story of what I'm doing... Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe it even if I told you. And you wouldn't like that that's how I'm I'm handling sin. You wouldn't like that that's how I'm I'm handling evil. Because Habakkuk doesn't know that there's a Savior that's going to come, that God is going to come himself, and and that he's going to... You know, be sacrificed on the cross and all. He doesn't know any of that. Yeah, yeah. He has no. He, he has I mean, no he, he gets glimpses of it. Yeah. Right. There's glimpses. Well, he knows of there's going to be a Messiah. But that's it. But his idea is probably the same as the original disciples and the people of Jesus's time. They were looking for this earthly exactly. Messiah that was going to. He's now going to come and do this temporal. All right, now is the time of peace. I'm in control now. I'm right. on the throne. I'm going to vanquish all my enemies. And now we're going to set up the rule and reign forever. Right. So let me move to this second point of the message because I think this is an important one as well. Because I think that that when we feel like, okay, well, God's not listening to my prayers. Um, and he's, not, he's clearly not answering me. Uh, it's been 30 minutes and he's not done anything. So now I'm going to go and find somebody who's going to answer my prayers. Somebody's got to take care of this violence. Uh, maybe the government can do it. Right. And then, of course, we know, I mean, 
at the end of the day, the government is is it's good. We need it, but it's it's often corrupt. <laughs> you know, there's often there's often things going on behind the scenes that are actually moving certain laws and stuff. And these days now, like even even when they, even when Congress comes up with a law, you've always got this person who's throwing stuff in there that they want to get past. They're putting the extra pork into the law. And then everybody's like, well, I can't pass that law now. And they're like, see, he doesn't want to pass laws. And it's like, it's all this, it's this game, man. And, and so you have, in Habakkuk's day, he felt like, I mean, you heard him say it. He says, he says this is why the law is ineffective. Mm -hmm. Justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous, and therefore justice comes out perverted. And so he, he, in his day, he felt like he couldn't trust the governing powers. He says it's not effective. It doesn't just justice never comes from this. I want real justice. I never get real justice. I never get real, real righteousness because even the system is corrupt and ineffective. And, and we look at our system and we say the same thing. I mean, you've got people who go, we can't trust police. We can't trust our, you know, our, our government. I don't trust the president. I don't trust any elected officials. And yet, I mean, they're the ones who are running the, the show as far as the laws and stuff go. But everybody looks at it. I, I think there are very few people who look at it seriously anymore. I think we all just look at it and go, it's just a big game. Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing is a game. And, and, and it's like, I want to be able to trust those people. I want, and so here I am, and I feel like God's not doing anything, right? I'm not saying this is how I really feel, but that, you know, I'm average person. God's not doing anything; He's not fixing the problem. The only thing I got to look at is is government, and they stink. Well, and that's the problem with the mayor. She's like, I'm not God; I can't stop this. Because they kept asking, "What are you going to do about this violence?" Well, they could care less about what God's going to do. Most right. of them are coming from a secular humanist point of view, anyway. Right. So they want to know what you are going to do. You're you're the leader. You're in charge. What is your what What is the city going to do about this crime? Right. And so, but but they can't really do anything. That's the whole point. Uh, you know, people. You could pass hundreds and hundreds of laws. I mean, we can outlaw every gun in America today, mm -hmm. and even confiscate every gun. But if I want to kill somebody, I can still kill them. Yeah. All right? I have to revert back to a hatchet or something. Or if I really want to kill them, even though you outlaw guns, I'm going to find a gun and kill somebody if I want to kill somebody with a gun. Mm. So so the no. laws and all are there, but if you don't enforce them and if there's not a way to regulate it and not a way to really have faith and trust in it, which in his case, he couldn't because... The guy that was the king was setting such a bad example to everybody. Then right. it was pretty much they were doing this. His minions were doing the same thing he was doing. You know, I found it interesting, Jeff. Um, <coughs> after your message yesterday, I got online and I was on Twitter, and the story that broke yesterday—I don't know if you saw this or not—the story that broke was that due to a systemic failure, there were 400 officers on the scene. Yeah, they had that at Uvalde. And and nobody went inside. Like four hundred officers were on the scene, and nobody. Right, and they were right outside the door where the guy was at. Yeah, and they said it was. But nobody was in charge. They didn't know who was calling the shots. And that's uh, that's so tragic. And, and 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 you know you think about what you said. You know that that 
we learn, we turn to government, but governments, it, it, it's always, I'm not saying that we can't trust police. I think we can. Yeah. But, but because it's a man-made construct, it's always going to have mistakes. It's, it's just going to be full of mistakes and full of error and at times full of corruption. It doesn't always have to be corrupt, but it, at times it will be. And it's just not a sure thing. And, and why then, Jeremiah, does everybody go to it? Why does everybody think that that's where the problem's going to get solved? I mean, where else do you go? If you've, if you've accused God and, and just basically said, uh, he's not there, he's not going to help us, you go to government because it, it's a flaw within us to not blame myself. Mm. It's, 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 it's I got to put the blame somewhere. Mm-hmm. I've got to, something needs to be punished. Um, some, something's got to happen. And so you look, you just keep pointing to, to all these. You obviously want to, God is an easy person to blame, always. Right. Because he's so powerful and so good. If you think something is wrong, you can easily blame him, always. Right. Uh, because he is all powerful. He could literally do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he could enact judgment the way you're praying for him to enact judgment. He could, and sometimes he might, he might do that mm-hmm. temporarily or temporarily. Um, and so you're just looking for other things, uh, and and I think this is what leads to so much more violence, but also just depression and frustration. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you realize, dude, there's no one out there. Who, who's wanting to do right by me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you've, if, if you've abandoned God. Mm-hmm. Um, the government is not... But you, you, they fight hard. And that's where like a lot of my frustration comes. Is like, I, For me, government and, and politics is just so small. Because I don't trust it. I don't think it does anything. Mm-hmm. I pay a whole lot of money for them to just do nothing, basically. <laughs> um but if, if you don't think there's a God, you think that's the way to fix things, you mm-hmm. fight really hard there. And mm-hmm. that's why there's this two-party system where there's, there's kind of two major ideas on how to fix the problems, and both of them are centered on men doing the right thing. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, every time, man's not going to do the right thing. Like, right. I don't trust man. I don't want to put my faith in them. And I just think that Christianity is so much simpler because we don't have to fight the way everyone else does. We don't have to, to focus on, on those problems because we understand that God's going to make it right in the end. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I used to read, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I had no idea what that meant. But I understand the, the older I get, the more violence I see and just crime and sin and evil in the world I understand if God didn't exist I would be the most miserable person on earth because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would be so frustrated just like everyone else just like you see in the media I'd be so frustrated with why is no one doing something about this but I understand as a believer God has and is doing something about it. And that's why I love my thing about uh, that God must punish sin. He must penalize sin. And He will penalize sin. Um, but there's two ways for that, that God is penalizing sin. And that's one, you can pay the penalty for your sin. Or two, 
he took care of it himself on the cross. He sent his son, Jesus, and he penalized Jesus for your sin. And Jesus can uh, take away your sin by trusting in him, placing your faith in him. And, and if we're being honest, it's a much better system, especially for us. It's oh, a yeah. better system oh, yeah. for me, especially for those who, who have placed their trust in Jesus. And I think it's a good system when I think about people like Hitler and I want him to... I want him to be punished for his sin. And I, I probably shouldn't use specific people because not only do I want him to be punished for his sin, I also know that he is not too far from God's grace. Mm-hmm. And so God is a just God and he will punish sin, but he is also a gracious and merciful God. And if you turn to him, he will cover your sin. He will. Yeah. You don't have to pay the penalty for your sin. You know, I go back to, to the, the Noah's flood thing. You, you were talking about how, Okay, God, that was too far, yeah, right? And, it's too much. And it is too much, and and I, I think that I think what happens is people look at they're like, okay, well, why can't God just you know stop these these bad crimes, right? Yeah. Like like you know, if I was God, I would at least not allow mass shootings to happen, you know, and and and, and I wouldn't let. Uh, People be you know murdered and assaulted and those kinds of things. I would at least intervene on those things. You know, okay, somebody lies and is you know corrupt and you know, that that kind of stuff happens. That's all right. But this stuff, this stuff is bad. At least stop the really bad stuff, right? And I think it's because we have we have this notion of this sort of hierarchy of, and and we think that we know where we could draw the line at. And what what we would be willing to tolerate um, versus what we what we're not willing to tolerate. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think what happens there is, um, it's because we have a me-centered view of evil, right? And so I can determine what I think is evil. Like me breaking the speed limit and and you know going 10, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. Yeah, that's breaking the, the agreed upon law, but and, and yeah, it's maybe a little reckless, but it's not really hurting anybody, is it? You know, <laughs> or or me, you know, um, you know, ind- indulging in piracy, you know, like stealing stuff from from someone without paying for it online. It's not that big of a deal, you know. Um, and we we look at those things and we're like, those aren't those aren't sins, or like me. Um, you know, even even not giving God his due or, you know, yeah, okay, maybe I should go to church more. Maybe I should pray more. I should, you know, I should spend more time serving God than I do. But that's not that big of a deal. But murder, oh, that's bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I think I think we forget that, that, that what you just said is true, that every sin, every sin must be paid for. Even the ones that we don't think are all that bad. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, you know, the scripture says if you break one, you break them all. Yeah. So my, yeah. even my little white lie technically is not that little. Yeah. And, you know, so if I'm lying, then I'm a murderer too and I'm all this other stuff. Mm. Because, you know, you've done it in your heart. But I want to believe, Jeff, that I'm a good guy. Well, that's what, and that's part of the problem like for us, uh, let's let's just couch it in these terms as as a white Christian male mm-hmm. uh, living in um, kind of a middle class kind of 
I look at it is like this crime thing is a problem maybe in the inner city mm-hmm. or people that are not like me. And so we need to do something about them. Right. And I think that's part of the problem when we're looking at it from if politics gets intermingled with your Christianity, gets intermingled with your church and all that other stuff, then all of a sudden um, your idea and view of what America should be or uh, may not address the problems that really need to be addressed because maybe you're coming from a punishment point of view. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, <clears throat> and so I, I think that's why uh, we've got to be careful to be prophetic like Habakkuk and all the other prophets, we've got to preach truth and not couch it in terms that, like, because the whole point is uh, we can't do anything to fix it. Yep. I yeah. can't legislate enough morality. <laughs> you know, if, you know, I think I said it in the sermon about, you know, yes, do I wish this was a Christian nation where, where 99% of the people were saved and born again? And, right. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be a utopia in our mind, but there would still be this, Evil and sin in our heart yeah. is uh, evil. Um, we're all bent toward this. I mean, anybody, us three, one of us in the right circumstances could probably kill somebody. Yep. And maybe even do it out of malice and hurt. I mean, those mm-hmm. things happen. And mm-hmm. so we've got to understand and know that we're all, we all, without God's grace and mercy, are bent towards this. And so we can't fix it. And I think I quoted from Russell Moore where. That's what he was trying to address. That you know we're in this this cultural battle, and we think that somehow or another, if we get the upper hand, we can fix it. He's like, we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. It's already been fixed. Right. And our point is, we we're here to point people to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be about. Yeah. We're not supposed to be about all this other stuff that yeah. gets attached to us. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the big thing about uh, Habakkuk. It's like when he looked around, it's like, well. God's not hearing me, but now looking around my government, they can't fix it either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's compounding the problem. It's right. making it worse. In yeah. fact, for Habakkuk, I think it was kind of the opposite. He's frustrated with the government first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's upset he's with like, Judah. He's is, seeing the same Judah's the one him. doing what Israel was doing. Yeah. He's like, why are you letting this happen? And so the Chaldeans yeah. are going to come in yeah. and take over. And then the Babylonians, which is after the Chaldeans, are really going right. to yeah. really be the, be the ones that... Uh, and to Jonathan's point with this hierarchy, so what we, what we kind of believe is that my sin is more sophisticated and clever and... <laughs> And I, I can I get to draw the boundaries and the lines. Mm-hmm. And and what you're really doing is playing God. Like, That's exactly what you're yes. I, I you know what? Lying is not always bad. Mm-hmm. Um and what you're 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 playing God, but what you're really doing is you're serving Satan who started that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, did, but did God really say did that? You really mean that? Right. And is God really God or can you can you play God real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can you can draw the lines and and that's that's a huge problem in our culture is just the lines are so blurred as to what is evil what is sin and you're right we want to we want to punish human trafficking and rape and murder which we should we should definitely punish those things um but when we look at you know why lying and stealing someone's bike and 
which is just so frustrating. I I, I don't like a, a, a thief. I don't know why. There's yeah. something in me that just is like, it's just so annoying. Like, so, I don't know. But, uh, so when those things happen to you, you're like, God, punish them. Mm-hmm. But then you, you go pirate a video and you're like, eh. Right. You can look past this, right, God? You're right. Or I'm God. That's not really stealing or whatever. And it's just just game we play in our minds that's not real. Well, and the system is so overwhelmed with the crime and the stuff that, that uh, they're paralyzed, basically. I think that's how the NLT said that the government was paralyzed. Because right now, like shoplifting, your house gets broken into, all this stuff. They don't They're not look no, into I mean, uh, even car wrecks and all, unless it's like a bad car wreck, somebody gets hurt, injured, or dies, they're like, okay, you just guys get your insurance from each other and you don't go to court or anything because it's so overwhelmed. I mean, this stuff's so widespread, you know, and, and once you stop enforcing the laws, then that makes it even worse. And that was the whole point that I think I was trying to make with this, this thing yeah. about our answer really is not the government either so there's got to be another answer which leads to that last point right right and 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 that's where we get to and and um you know we've kind of been touching on this all throughout this podcast but the 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 point is is that when we see this violence um even when we feel like god isn't answering our prayers um and and i'm sure habakkuk felt that way um and and when we feel like governments let us down that what what really should happen here is that and what God's trying to teach Habakkuk as well is that you have to continue to trust. You have to live by faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that when we see these things happen, it should um, uh, compel us, as you put it, Jeff, to live by faith. Um, because that's what, that's what God tells Habakkuk. Um, he says uh, in Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4, then the the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, Though it's slow. wait for it, mm. because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Or uh, other translations, but the righteous will live by their faith faithfulness to God um, and so yeah he basically says to him I'm going to take care of this you just need to trust me and and know that you know it may be slow in coming you may think it's slow but it's not slow it's just slow to you <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just slow to you but you need to trust me trust that you know who I am that I am God that I am sovereign I'm in control and I will take care of this. I just need you to have faith. Yeah. Right? Um, just and, wait and trust. Just yep. be patient and trust me. Um, and, dude, I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. So, like, we're so privileged to be on this side of Jesus. Mm, yeah. Because, like, we get to see it. Mm-hmm. And yet we still have trouble being patient and waiting. Even though we know that God's plan to take care of all this was that he was going to come himself right, and take care of it. Yep. And then we still have this idea of, but he didn't do it right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, this is way better. This is a better system. 
uh, even I have to tell myself that. Like this is this is a better system because it doesn't end up in me having to pay the punishment for my sin, which yeah. I which I deserve, and and I have earned a hundred percent. Like I deserve it. I've earned it. And yet I don't have to pay it. Do you think it goes back to our selfishness and our self-centeredness that we feel like it's a bad system that God took care of it for us? I think that, that, that there's some some notion that, no, you, you can't rely on somebody else to take care of it for you. you got to take care of it yourself because it's your problem. And so it goes back to this, it's my problem, this is me. Well, it's that old quote, God helps them, they helps themselves. Some, somewhere or another that got into our you know, way of thinking and living and being taught, you know, mm-hmm. that, that somehow or another we've got to do something in addition, like, yeah, what Jesus did for me is great and I've trusted in him, but I still got to do something else. I've got to, I've got to, um, uh, it just can't be that, that, that simple and that easy that, that now I've got this grace, uh, you know, I, and I, I mess up, so I've got to do something to get that grace well, back, I mean, I or was get that mercy back, or you know, it's that whole um, retribution thing. Right. If I do something wrong, I know I'm going to get punished, but if the punishment's already been taken care of, then I don't feel good about that. I feel guilty. So, but the, even the guilt's been taken care of. Right. So it's all just still bringing us back yeah. to Christ, and um, not that we go and have a license to sin and do what we want to, but right. that, that when we do mess up and we do struggle and we do have these problems, we can still keep coming back to Him. Right. And not to throw shade completely on the Catholic Church, but the Roman Catholic Church, but the Roman Catholic Church is exactly what you're talking about. It's not enough. Like, my justification can't just be in what Jesus has done. Part of my justification is my... They, they mix sanctification and justification together. Right. And so then if I make a mistake, I've got to pay penance for it, right? right. I, need to, I need to do so many Hail Marys or I need to, you know, I, I've, got, I've got to do something personally to take care of my own mm-hmm. personal sin because it's not enough for Jesus to have done it himself. You know, if faith alone is not enough. And that's what Martin Luther was like. No, sola scriptura, sola fide. You know, it's faith alone and scripture alone. That's all you need. And so when when I saw that passage, you know, that just shall live by faith, I was like, that's the key passage, of course, to back it. That's what that's what the whole thing's hinging on. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, where is this located in the New Testament? And there was three, Galatians was one of the things, but it was more couched into the law mm-hmm. because they were trying to live by the law. Mm-hmm. But the two that stuck out, the other two, was the uh, passage from Hebrews, Hebrews 10, mm-hmm. which is right before the faith chapter, because he's like, okay, right. you're going through all this crap, but live by faith, you can you can endure it. And just to give you an example, look, boom, 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 the faith chapter follows that. Mm-hmm. And then chapter 12 is like looking to Jesus, and then so it turns it back to Jesus, what he did for us, and he endured the, the suffering of the cross mm-hmm. for the joy of right. our salvation. So, so that whole thing was couched in... All right, so they're in a violent time. They're persecuted by the Romans, persecuted by their own people. They've lost everything, many of them. They've been, you know, they lost their homes, all that. So how do I keep enduring them? Because I remember they they wanted to go back to being Hebrews. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 no. Stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. So it goes back to the whole, because I started with Genesis. Like, okay, that happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is happening during Habakkuk's time. Now, now as Christians, this happened during during that, and then Paul then brings it to the whole society thing 
that it just keeps going on. And so he couched it all in the good news. He starts mm-hmm. off with the gospel. Then he goes in this whole thing. is like, okay, so if you don't follow the gospel, here's what life is going to look like. Right. And then I, I and I spent a lot of time <clears throat> reading all the scriptures. So I thought it was just important to do that. Um, because then it describes, again, not well, only Habakkuk sounds like what we read today. Right. Those passages do, too. Yeah. Now, yeah. we're not, a, in America, we're not as persecuted as the Hebrew people were, but there are people all over the world that, that would fit under that category mm-hmm. that could read that passage and say, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, I lost everything. I had to flee, um, flee, um, Iran or somewhere. I had to, you know, I had to bring my family out because we were going to get our heads chopped off, things like that. Yes. So, so that goes on in the world. Um, and then if you look at America, pretty much if you do turn to the government, our government has is is pretty much telling everybody we're we're not based on a creator who gives us these rights anymore. We're based on a man-centered government that, mm-hmm. that we empower ourselves for these rights and these these yeah. privileges and so once That's you right. do that then we're in this we're in the situation we're in right now yeah so. i want to go back to one other thing because uh, i know we brought it up yesterday in in life group as well but going back to that genesis example when we're talking about the righteous living by faith and we we say that you know oh wait we we see this act of justice and and it's like whoa that's too much but there we also see in that same picture an act of mercy and grace jeremiah and and so um we have to know that that yes god is going to be just but god is also right now being very gracious to us and so <clears throat> while we don't see we may not see uh, everything like you say come to fruition right now my, my problems might not come to fruition but I have to have faith and trust that God is gracious and God is merciful and that God, um, in the end, will, will will come through, right? Yeah, and Habakkuk actually gets it by chapter 3. Uh, he actually says in, in verse 2 something like, uh, God, in your wrath, remember mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening in, in, at the flood, right? Right. Um, it was McKinney. I got to give him credit every time. McKinney told me one time, told the class, but I was listening. Uh, um, we can't look at the flood as God destroying the earth. We got to look at the flood as God saving eight people mm-hmm. by His grace and by His mercy. Yeah, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it flips its head on the story that we're trying to tell as right. to what God is doing. Right. He has mercy on the eight. He didn't have to have mercy on the eight. And that's what's happened in my life. He didn't have to have mercy on me, but he has had mercy on me. And we forget about that God in the Old Testament, the gracious and merciful God, because we're so focused on the justice God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get you get even further into Habakkuk's prayer. And uh, I think this is just good wisdom. Maybe we can end on. But uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Mm-hmm. He says, though, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fell, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I will take joy in the God of my mm-hmm. salvation. Yeah. 
Yeah. And basically what he's saying is, look, all you could take everything away from me, but you can't take the most important thing, which is salvation. Mm-hmm. And you can't take away my God, who's the God of that salvation. And he's saying that in the midst of all this violence now. Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, he gets it now. And, yeah. and I think that's what you were trying to get at too, Jeff, is that for us as Christians, we need to have, that needs to be our attitude, right? right. That, that, that the violence that we see around us should just compel us to go back to God, put our faith and trust in him. And say that no matter what's going on around me, I'm trusting God's got this. Well, and I'm knowing that we that, live in a lost gonna... world that's that's controlled by our desires and our you know our urges, and it's it's basically without God. Um, and if you're the, it is what it is. If you're the optimistic type, when I am typically, this sounds super pessimistic. Like there's nothing we can do on earth, mm-hmm. but that's not true mm-hmm. because. We can bring a glimpse of heaven yes. on yeah. earth, and that's our job. That's why. That's why that needs to be our focus. Right. So if you're the person that's like, I want to do something, mm-hmm. then tell people about Jesus. Yeah. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Not just not just for that individual, but also for society. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. That I want America to be a Christian nation. I do. It's not going to fix all of our problems. I think it'll fix a lot of our problems. Right. Uh, and so, like, if if that's what you want to have happen, do it the right way, not forcing people to be Christians through uh, laws and such, through right. laws and morality right. and all that stuff, but actually telling them about Jesus, yeah. how their life can be transformed. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Yeah. All right. So next week, um, Blake's gonna be doing the kids report. So um, I, I'm not sure. And I'll, I'll be out of town, so I'm not sure when we'll do podcast again. It may be... Well, Jeremiah uh, can lead it. Yeah, that's true. So uh, if you guys decide you want to do that and talk about whatever Blake's we'll going to talk about. Yeah, follow yeah, the I kids think, camp. I think uh, uh, the, the kids camp report is going to happen. I think Blake is also going to talk about... I think he's talking about something about... The, the theme of the camp is something about uh, the wonder of God or, or the greatness of God. And so uh, I think that'll be a good discussion. Well, that'll do it for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the podcast. Uh, as always, if you have questions, comments, or anything that you want to uh, uh, you know, address that you heard in the podcast today, feel free to do so. You can email us at rosbcpastors, with an S on the end, at gmail.com. That'll be it for now. Hope you have a blessed week ahead of you, and we will see you on the next one. So long.